Bible says in 2 Kings, uh, we're going to be in chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 8 and terminate at verse number 14. The Bible says, and it happened when Elisha, and you can stand for the reading of the word, and it happened when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, and he sent word to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent messengers to him saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave it. Look at the prescription Naaman had. <laughs> Look at Naaman's prescription. I thought, <laughs> I thought the doctor was going to write me a prescription for this, that, the other, even though I have no uh, expertise in this. But he says, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, Lord his God, <laughs> and uh, wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Talking about himself. Then he says, are not Abana and Farper, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel, could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Then, then the servants came near and spoke to him and said, my, my father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. You may be seated. I want to talk about... Uh, Faith in the face of reason. Okay? Faith in the face of reason. Uh, I've learned and I'm learning that there are three realms when it comes to humanity's thought and ascension to God, okay? When it comes to our ideology, when it comes to our thinking, there are three realms. Uh, the first realm 
is the realm of reason. We as humanity uh, have a tendency to use our reason, our and rightfully so, because God created us in his image and in his likeness, and he gave us the ability to reason, to decipher, to discern, to rationalize. And we take advantage of that, and we use that, and there's nothing wrong with that. And not only do we take advantage of it, and we use it, but we also develop a dependency on reason. Even if it's information that we are unaware of, we have a tendency to find someone with an expertise who can, with reason, give an explanation of things. Uh, this, this is why many of us take medicine and we don't even know the name of the medicine and we don't know the origin of the medicine and we, we don't know the effects of the medicine, some of us. Because watch this, it's not that, watch this, it's not always faith. Sometimes it's, watch this, it's the fact that we are relying on the reasoning or the rationalization or the wisdom of the doctor. Okay? So it's not always faith in God. Sometimes we are relying and depending on reason because we are people that like to reason because at the end of reason, which is the next thing, is possibility. Human reasoning concludes with an understanding or a knowledge of human possibility. If I told you to jump off of the roof of the lowest part of this building uh, and, and you'd be given a million dollars, you're not gonna blindly do it. What you're gonna do is you're gonna go up there, you're gonna look up there, and you're gonna begin to rationalize you're going to begin to think about it. You're going to think about the million dollars. You're going to look at the, at the roof. You're going to probably go up there and then look down at the ground. You're going to look at it from down up and from up down, and you're going to think about the million dollars. And then you will conclude whether or not it is possible. Somebody said worth it. <laughs> but if it's not humanly possible in our estimation, it is not worth it if we don't assess that it's possible. So, so what do we have? We have first reason. Then the next level, we have human possibility. There's another level that can only be accessed outside of ourselves. There's human reasoning where we think and we decipher and we discern and we come together and we use things and we use numbers and we use, we use facts and we bring science in and there's nothing at all wrong with that. There's nothing at all trying to figure out if I should take this job, will this job pay enough and this and that and the other or if I can do this or I can do that. That's human reasoning. Then after we reason, we have human possibility and watch this, we label and we assess and we ascertain what all is possible but there's another realm out there that's beyond us and it is the realm of the impossible there's human reasoning 
there's human possibility, and then there's the realm that many people never get to, and that's the realm of the impossible. Then the person who controls and who dwells and exists in that realm is God. Now, he invites us to that realm, but sometimes we get stuck on human reasoning and human possibility, and we never ascend to the realm of the humanly impossible. Now, the impossible is not impossible for God. It is impossible for us. And what do we use to assess if it's impossible for us? We use human reasoning, and we use human possibility. Are, are y'all with me? So watch, I, I, I need you and I to think about how much we don't access by not going into or ascending into the realm of human possibility. Does this make sense to anybody? Um, 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 the only way that the third realm can be accessed is not by denying reasoning, and remember I started by talking about how we have a tendency to put ideas at war that God never designed to be at war. Amen. He never designed wisdom and, and faith to fight. Mm -hmm. He never designed reasoning and, and faith to go at war with one another. But we have, to, we have a tendency in our humanity to make human re reasoning fight and go to war and wage war against faith in God. It's not that. As a matter of fact, faith needs human reasoning so that, watch this, so that we understand human limitations. Oh, write that down. That's some good stuff. And I'm just building this, but I want us to think. If you're watching, I want you to think. Don't just listen. Don't wait for a shout. Don't sit and wait for the shout. Process this because this is going to bless us in, in, in this area of faith to evolve in our faith. And, and what, I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is you can have faith on the level of human reasoning. In other words, you can put the numbers together and say God did that. That's one level of faith. You can put the numbers and you say, thank you, God. That's, that's human reasoning is God being obvious. Is God being apparent. Where you can make sense of what happened. When you can say, I didn't, I, suddenly I got this job. Let me find out how I got this job. Oh, this person talked to this person. This person talked to that person. Oh, that's who recommended me. I got it. Okay, thank God. God did that. But that's human reasoning. It, watch this, you can have faith on the level of human possibility where you say, you know, you start having confidence in yourself and you start believing, I, I, can, I can jump off this roof for a million dollars and survive because it's only eight feet. And you say, God did it. But there are some times when God is not going to be obvious. He's not going to operate in the realm of human rationale. He's not going to operate in the realm of human reasoning. He's not even going to operate in the realm of what's humanly possible in order to access that level of blessing or that level of ability or that level of faith, you of, 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 of blessing, you have to a sin beyond human reasoning and get to the place to where you're not depending on it making sense to you. 
You're not depending on it being possible and, and, and rational. You have to ascend up beyond human reasoning, and that's the kind of faith that accesses the greatest blessings of God. Which means we will always live underneath our privilege when it comes to God if we only stay on the level of what, I, what makes sense to me. If we only stay on the level of what's possible humanly here in this text. Right? Naaman, who was, uh, uh, who was uh, a captain in the army of Assyria, and uh, he's powerful, he's, he's got a lot going for him, his career has skyrocketed, and uh, with all of his success, he has a problem. And the problem he has is personal. It, it, it's not public, it's not a problem with success, he's got money, he's got fame, he's got a, a resume that's out of this world, but he, he's a leper, he has leprosy, he has a disease that is incurable, he has a disease that is uh, degenerating, he has a disease that is contagious, he has a disease uh, that deteriorates, he has this disease underneath all of his armor of accolades and all, all of his armor of applause, underneath all of that he has a problem that he can't do anything about on the level of human reasoning. He can't do anything about this problem on the level of human possibility. And so he accesses somebody who is familiar with the God who dwells in the realm of the humanly impossible. And so he reaches out to the king of Syria uh, to uh, uh, the prophet whose name is Elisha. And the Bible says in our text uh, that Elisha, Elisha, uh, Elisha, Naaman came to Elisha. And he came with his horses and his chariot. But he didn't just come with his horses and chariots. He didn't just come with his money and gifts. He came also with his human reasoning. <laughs> he didn't just come, watch this, watch this. He had an expectation. But his expectation didn't ascend beyond human possibility. It didn't ascend beyond human reasoning. And because of that, when he came to him, and the Bible says, Elisha sent a messenger, and the messenger came to him and told him, here it is, go wash seven times in the Jordan River. Why did he go away angry? Why is he standing there? With, with a pie face. What, why is he standing there all messed up? Why is he standing there salty? He's standing there salty because we see in verse number 11, because he was operating in the realm of human reasoning. He says, I thought that there would be more flash and more glamour and more spectacular. I thought that, the first of all, that the prophet would come out. I thought that I would have a face-to-face -face encounter with the one who has access to God, to God. As a matter of fact, he didn't even subscribe to God. He said, I thought the prophet would call on 
human reasoning. He says, I thought he would do that. And then, watch this, watch this. He says, watch his human reasoning. Are not the Abana. It's almost like he shifts from, from complaining and being upset about Elisha's method and Elisha's absence and Elisha's sending a messenger. And then he shifts to the, to the prescription. He says, wait a minute. And then on top of that, he tells me to dip seven times in the Jordan River. And if you know anything about the Jordan River, it was really dirty, dingy, and muddy. So he says, watch this. His human reasoning says, are not the Abana and Fauper rivers, the cleanest rivers in all of Damascus? Can I not go in them and be cleansed? Now, let me tell you something. Before we laugh and talk and, 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 and critique uh, Naaman, a lot of us don't ascend to the realm of the humanly impossible because we are tripped up by Abana and Fapa. Some of us have Abana and Fapa issues. And there are blessings that we would have acquired years ago, but we refuse to leave the realm of human reasoning and human possibility. And we're stuck on a bana and fapa, and we won't move on what God says until it makes sense to us. Now, this is not faith versus reasoning. This is faith beyond human reasoning. God says there are some things you can't even see on the level of human reasoning. There are some things you can't even acquire on the level of human possibility. But if you stay there, what I promise you is in the realm of human impossibility. And if you stay there, you'll never get what I promise does that make sense? Now watch this, watch this. When, when, uh, when uh, I remember being small, and I could use my wife as an example because she's a shorty, but I remember when I, uh, even in my adult years, Walmart, going to Walmart. Now Walmart has some high shelves, right? And I was looking for some product Maybe it was a cleaning product. I don't know. I, 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 my mind just, it leaves me. It leaves me. Maybe it was toilet paper. I don't know. <laughs> toilet paper when the pandemic started, which I still don't understand <laughs> what the deal was with toilet paper. But you don't understand those kinds of things until you're at that moment when you need it and don't have it. <laughs> but Walmart has these high shelves. And if you go to Walmart and you're short or vertically challenged, for those of you who get offended with short, you, based upon human reasoning, will conclude if you go and, and look for that product with your height only, you can conclude that the product is not there. Have you ever looked for something and looked but couldn't get, see the top shelf? 
and you don't see it on the first shelf and you don't see it on the second shelf and you don't see it on the third shelf. Here's human reasoning. Here's human possibility. And you don't see it on the fourth shelf. You don't see it on the fifth shelf. And you don't see it on the sixth shelf. And you don't even see the seventh shelf because it's too far up there. So you walk away concluding that it's not there. And you are absolutely right. It is not there within your human reasoning reach. But if you go the extra mile, what you do is you take a step stool and you step on it and watch this. The step stool doesn't magically put it there. It gives you access to what you couldn't reach in your human limitation. What faith is, is the step stool that says, Lord, I don't see how this makes sense. But I'm going to stand on your word. And when I stand on your word, I start seeing things that were not visible to me in my human reasoning and in human possibility. Do we understand that? Now those who don't have faith walk away without the product. So imagine how much we've walked away without because we only depended on human reasoning and human possibility. So, yeah, Naaman is, Naaman is like Bana and Fapa. <laughs> well, uh, God said Jordan. Naaman is like Abana and Fapa. It's water. Uh, Abana and Fapa were uniquely characterized by Naaman as being clean water. Now watch this, this is gonna grab you. He was assuming that the dip in the water was that the water would cleanse him. <laughs> but, but the Jordan wasn't for the putting away of the filth of the flesh. Oh, wait, don't miss this. He looked at the Abana and Farper, and he thought that the seven dips was for the putting away of the filth of his flesh. So he referred in his human reason, reasoning to two waters, bodies of water, that were clean. But it was never going to be the water that cleaned Naaman. Well, I, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. There's some deep theology hidden in, 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 in glimpses and glances in this particular text. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 21, Naaman's flight was kind of a shadow of how baptism would work. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.21, what does it say? 
Corresponding to that. Corresponding to that. Baptism now saves you. Baptism not now saves you. Not well, from the removal. Well, go read verse 20. Let's gather, the, let's gather the context. Watch verse 20. Read. Okay. Who once were disobedient uh -huh. when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah uh -huh. during the construction of the ark uh -huh. in which a few, uh -huh. that is eight persons, uh -huh. were brought safely through the water. Uh-huh. Were saved by water. Read. Corresponding to that, uh -huh. baptism now saves you. Baptism now saves you. Not from the removal of dirt from it's the flesh. It's not about Abana and Farpa, though. <laughs> it, it, it has nothing to do with the crystal clearness of the water. It has nothing to do with the fact that Abana and Farpa are so pure that something about the waters of baptism are going to wash away something that you have. The Bible says not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. It, watch this, the Jordan River wasn't the prescription because of the cleanliness of the Jordan River. It was the prescription because of the will of God. And when we've had have faith in the will of God, watch this, we access the impossible because watch the humanly impossible is that dirty water can't make you clean. That's the humanly impossible. It is not sensible, neither is it rational for you to take a bath in water that's dirty and come out clean. That's why mama, when we were coming up, would try to, would watch this, would say hurry up and get out of there. Sometimes we'd take a bath together and she'd pull us out as soon as that ring started getting around the because it is counterproductive to take a bath in dirty water. It is beyond, it, it, it is not sensible, it is not rational, it is not reasonable. But God gave Naaman a prescription that was not in the realm of human reasoning or in the realm of human possibility, but in the realm of humanly impossible. And God says, you go to a muddy river And you dip seven times. Watch the formula. It doesn't make sense. The math doesn't make sense. Seven times in a dirty river will make your skin clean. And baptism will only be, misin will be misinterpreted if we think it's about the abana and the farpa of baptism. It is not about the abana and the farpa of baptism. It isn't the water. But it is the fact that God said it, and if we believe in what God says, we'll access his promise. Jesus says something, and I'm, gonna, I'm about to close this. Um, in Luke 18. How many of you understand this? Uh, because we got a project to do, church. And the project is there's so much pandemonium. And the news, you know, there's so much going on in the news. There's so much pandemonium. There's so much going on with COVID that the church is being lulled away from, watch this, from the realm of the impossible to the realm of human reasoning. See, see, see this is what's happening. 
Uh, what's happening is the devil is using what we see to lull even the very saints of God away from the realm of the impossible to the realm of human reasoning. And here's the problem. Here's why there's so much confusion in the world. Because the realm of human reasoning are not providing definite answers. That's why there's so much confusion and fear. There's so much confusion and fear because when they talk about COVID, one moment the, the symptoms are this and the next moment the symptoms are that. And one moment you can do this to avoid it and the next moment you, that doesn't work and the next moment. So if you are operating in the realm of human reasoning and in the realm of human possibility, you now have no hope because the ceiling of reasoning Watch this. The ceiling of human reasoning is human limitation. That means when you work it out in your mind and when you look at all the facts and you do all the research, you see that there's a limitation on what doctors are saying, what the CDC is saying, and you will accept that as your ceiling. But God is calling the people of God to come on up to where he is. He is in the realm of humanly impossible. And he's saying, I got a blessing up here. I'm not going to bring it down to you because you belong to me. You come up in your faith. Come up in your belief, come up in your trust, come up in your confidence and you'll be able to reach what I have for you. The church needs to come up is what I'm saying. The church needs to come up and it's got to go beyond what the world is afraid of and it has to go beyond what the world is doing and I'm concerned that in this season the church is being hypnotized to follow human rationale and to depend on it Jesus says in Luke 18 27 and he said and he's after a confrontation with a rich young ruler and the disciples you know, Jesus gives this analogy about it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into the kingdom right Right? And, then, and their question was, then how can anyone be saved? Mm -hmm. Look at what Jesus' answers, answer was. But he said, he said what? The things that are impossible with people. There's human impossibility. Watch this. Are possible with God. Watch this. You see this? You see it? There it is. Human impossibility is the limit of man. God says, whatever your realm of human impossibility is, God says, it is possible with me. And if you look all through scripture, there was even this moment where Jesus cried over the faithlessness of people. Because you will close the book if you're relying on human reasoning and human possibility. You will close the book. You'll cry too early. <laughs> you will cry prematurely. Uh, you, you don't believe me? Here, 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 here's the situation. Let me give you a situation where they cried prematurely, where they cried too early, where they closed the book too early. Here's the situation. And the Bible says, the Bible talks about in John chapter 11, there was a man by the name of Lazarus. He got word, Jesus got word that he, he whom you love is sick. He whom you love 
is sick. He's sick. And Jesus waited four days before he went to go see on Lazarus. He waited because he wasn't going to bring Lazarus back to health. When he got there, Mary and Martha said, Lord, if you'd have been here, what? My brother wouldn't have died. What does that mean? That's where, watch this, that's where they closed the book. <laughs> watch this. When you close the book at human reasoning and human possibility, you will discount the presence of the Lord. Watch it. Watch what they did. You know what verse that is? Go ahead and read it. Therefore, what verse is that? It starts at verse thirty-three. All right, read. When Jesus John eleven, when when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, uh huh, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, uh huh, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. He was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. Here they were crying. Why? Because human reasoning and human possibility said that we need Jesus at this point. Because they were only operating in that, it didn't matter if he got there after this point. So what their conclusion was is, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. What they didn't consider is that Jesus doesn't just operate in human reasoning. He doesn't just operate in human possibility, but he's powerful and, and, and all-knowing, and he has all power in his hand, and he can operate in the realm of human possibility. So they were crying and mourning, which caused Jesus to weep. But his weeping was not because Lazarus died, but because they discounted his presence because he didn't come in the place and in the space of their human reasoning. So verse 35 says Jesus wept. wept. And the reason why they mourned is because they closed it. Their human reasoning closed it. Their human reasoning said this is it. And when you and I operate in human reasoning and human possibility and our faith doesn't access things, guess what? We end up in hopelessness. And we say it's over. We say it's over. When mama dies, we say it's over when we lose our job. We say it's over when the economy fails. We say it's over when unjust police officers get let off the hook. We say it's over because our human reasoning and our human possibility tells us to put a period there. And God is up here saying, if you would just seek my face. Uh, seek my face. I, I, I know you think it's over, but seek my face. I, I know you counted it out, but seek my face. I know you think it's all over and your life is done because the economy is messed up and you lost your job and you can't pay your bills and they took your car and they foreclosed your house, but I need you to come on up a little higher. You put a period there. I'm up here in the realm of human impossibility and if you would just bring your faith up a notch, you would see that there are some blessings on the top shelf that you didn't even know were there because you're so busy looking on the bottom shelf of human reasoning. 
And so, as I close, I got to close. I told somebody I wouldn't be long. <laughs> Salvation and the gospel operates. Watch this. Well, the rest of the rest of Second Kings. It took human reasoning. His servants, you know, Naaman's servants, they had to use human reasoning to bring him out of human reasoning. They say to him, if the prophet would have told you to do some great thing, you'd have done it. Because, watch this, the realm of the impossible is not complicated. Faith is not complicated. Because whether you know it or not, you have faith in something. You have faith in something. There, are, there is no such thing as a person who is completely faithless. You have faith in something. And Naaman's problem was that he had faith in his human rationale. He had faith in, in what made sense. Now, I'm not saying what made sense is anti-faith. But what I'm saying is, if you want what God promises, you have to sometimes ascend beyond what makes sense sense. The Bible says he dipped seven times. He got past Abana and Farpa and he was cleansed. And if you're not saved today, Jesus says in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now watch how the devil complicates it. Well, all you have to do is believe. <laughs> what is, what, what's the problem there? This is, watch human reasoning. Well, God, God will be all right if you don't get baptized. That's just water. You see that? Now watch how, watch how human reasoning will never make sense in the realm of the impossible to God. Watch how it doesn't make sense. People negate baptism, but they don't negate faith. But both of those words came out of the Savior's lips. He that believeth and is baptized. We come along in human reasoning and say all you have to do is believe baptism is an elective. But what came out of Jesus' mouth is he that believeth and is baptized. Now what's in the, on the top shelf? Salvation. <laughs> What's in the top shelf is salvation. What God says is believe and be baptized. Of course, he, you got to repent of your sin. But, but what we do is through human reasoning is we discount some things. And so people walk away without the promise of what's in the realm of the impossible, humanly impossible. So if you want to be saved today, whatever Jesus says do, you have to do. Well, it just don't make sense to me. I just don't, I don't believe I have to get in water because I, yeah, there it is, human reasoning. What did Jesus say? He that believeth 
and is baptized shall be saved. I still believe that. I believe it because God said it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, you know, really, you don't have to do it. It didn't say he that believeth and is, is baptized shall not be damned or whatever. You manipulate the text to say, uh, well, that may not have been in the original text. All of this human reasoning. God says, if you want what I have for you, it's in the realm of, it's, there's a realm called what makes no sense. And if you track the Bible and faith throughout the Bible, God did his greatest work when people trusted him to do what didn't make sense. So if you are watching and you want to be saved, if you're here and you want to be saved, this is what Jesus says, he that believeth, believeth in who? Believeth in him and is baptized shall be saved. He says you also need to repent. That simply means to turn away. It means you want a right relationship with God, you got to repent. It, it, and, and, and then he says you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. That's the free gift, at, but the free gift is on the top shelf. And he says come on up and get it. Believe and come on up and get it. And if you so desire that, maybe you need prayer. Your faith has been rocked. Maybe this thing has, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest. I'll be transparent. My faith got rocked. This whole thing rocked my faith. It rocked my faith. It rocked my faith. It changed my mood. It altered my mood. I felt like Noah after, after the flood. And some of us felt like Noah after the flood, right? For, you know, are you saying, Brother Hamilton, are you saying you got drunk? I'm not saying I got drunk. <laughs> not with wine. But there are some things that have been happening in society that'll make you drunk with anger. That'll make you drunk with frustration. That'll make you drunk with, with, with rage. You, that'll make you drunk with hopelessness. That'll make you drunk with fear. That'll make you drunk with discouragement. Because it will rock your faith. You'll start operating in human reasoning. And the devil is a master at taking reason and fighting your faith with your reason and rationale.